Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm going to be doing a deep dive on progressive overload. Uh, if you follow me for a while now, you should be pretty used to me talking about progressive overload. And that's because I'm a principles-led coach first and foremost. And the reason for this is because principles are the only concrete truths in the training world. New science will continue to confirm or deny whether ice baths or beta alanine can add 1% to your performance. But every athlete in history has had to obey the principles of progressive overload, specificity and recovery to reach their goals. Those being what I think are the three most important principles. Um, Today I want to go deep on progressive overload as I think it is nowhere near as simple as do more to get better. We need to have a framework for deciding how much more, how often, and more of what exactly. Without the full picture, you may find yourself trying to apply an inaccurate interpretation of this principle, which I've seen lead to frustration, plateaus, and even injury. But before I get into that, let's ensure we're all on the same page with what overload is. So one thing that I need to clarify early on is that I'm going to be using the term load quite a lot throughout this podcast and uh, it's important to understand that that does not literally mean the weight that you're using in the gym. Uh, That is a component of it but when I'm talking about load I'm referring to training load which is sometimes referred to as volume or workload. Um, So I'm really talking about workload It's just load for short. So that is sets times reps times the weight that you use. And uh, if we're talking about training load needing to go up in order to cause an adaptation, any of those three variables can be manipulated. And the ones that you would choose to manipulate or focus on increasing um, will depend on what your training goals are. But there has to be some kind of an increase in the overall load of your training in order for you to see adaptations. There is a way that you could, um, say for instance, get stronger without increasing the total training load, which would be by doing less sets and reps, but doing more weight. Um, Although I think the science would indicate that that's really more of a peaking process um and won't have you gaining strength for a very long period of time so in general when it comes to gaining strength or muscle your overall training load will have to go up usually if you're focused on muscle gain you're going to be more focused towards sets and reps going up than you would be weight and vice versa for say a powerlifter who's more interested in the weight on the bar going up sets and reps will be secondary to the weight being used So our bodies are built to adapt to their environment, as their main priority is to keep us alive. Essentially, training adaptations, whether that's gaining muscle, strength, endurance, etc., are an investment our body makes when it thinks survival is at stake. However, seeing as survival is the main priority, our bodies want to spend as little energy as possible and maintain homeostasis or energy balance. Building training adaptations is, in fact, a very costly activity in terms of how many calories it requires. So let's say you squat 30 kilos for four sets of five reps on your first day in the gym. 
Your legs might be a little bit sore for a week, but eventually they adapt and grow the necessary strength and muscle to squat 30 kilos for four sets of five, plus a little bit more, but we'll get into that later. Now you do what most people do and just keep the workload the same. 30 kilos for four sets of five every time you go to the gym and you never get any stronger because your body sees no threat. It can handle the workload, so gaining is not worth the energy investment. And there's no concrete evidence for your body that you're really interested in getting stronger because you just keep the uh, the weight the same. So this is where overload comes in. Um, what if in- instead you were to increase the workload? Your body would sense that the weights are getting heavier and that it's either adapt or die you know uh your body will risk you one day going to a weight that's heavy enough to crush you if it doesn't start um, investing and adapting not only does your body gain strength it does what's called super compensation so when you get stronger your body does not just give you exactly enough strength to comfortably lift what you did last time it actually raises your abilities slightly above that so that you will be ready for any future loads This should be kind of obvious, otherwise we'd never be able to get stronger. It's important to note that academics believe the term supercompensation to be a little overly simplistic, but it'll do for our purposes today. Um, And for a great discussion on that idea, I highly recommend that you check out a video from Starting Strength called Adaptation, Not Supercompensation, if I remember correctly. Um, So that's the overload part. Uh, covered just very briefly Um, training has to get harder in order for your body to see a threat to its survival and invest energy into getting uh, fitter faster stronger whatever now we look at the progressive element so something that can be very frustrating to realize is that gaining strength is a marathon not a sprint there's no hack for speeding up the time and energy intensive processes your body must undergo to make muscles larger, neural connections more efficient, tendons thicker, etc. Trying to rush this process risks presenting a new load before one of those systems is ready. For example, muscles tend to gain strength faster than connective tissues like ligaments and tendons. Um, And there have been many people who have had injuries to those connective tissues by just using the weight that their muscles were able to handle, which is always going to be a little bit more. So that's kind of when people have tried to add crazy amounts of weight uh, far too quickly. So an ancient Greek myth that really teaches us about this progressive uh, idea is Milo and the bull. Milo had a baby calf that he would carry on his shoulders up and down a mountain every day. And as time went on, the calf gradually began to grow. And so in turn did Milo. This process was so slow that Milo almost didn't notice until the calf was a full-grown bull and he was now pretty damn jacked, as most of the the pictures seem to indicate. So the story is obviously exaggerated, but it teaches us that overload does not need to be aggressive. Small, incremental increases in load will give your body more time to adapt and will lead to big changes over the course of months and years. So... The next thing that we need to consider, and this is an area where the two principles of progressive overload and specificity 
uh, really intersect is what is it that we're overloading or what are we overloading for? Um, so any adaptations our bodies make are specific to the stress they've been exposed to. If you swim 500 meters, you will adapt in the direction of being better at that. The muscles that gain strength and endurance will be the ones you use in your swimming stroke. The energy systems that become more efficient will be the ones best suited to a 500 meter effort. Now, as a novice, these adaptations can have a radiating effect, meaning that the performance increase from those adaptations will bleed into other areas. For example, starting swimming will probably make you stronger if you're not strength trained because you've gone from having no resistance in your day-to-day -day life to some resistance. Conversely, starting strength training will also have a positive effect on your endurance ability for swimming. Again, you've gone from not really having to use any endurance or get your heart rate up to doing that a little bit uh, with strength training and also your muscles have gotten stronger. So all of that carries over into swimming. So this is simply because you've gone from no fitness to some fitness. But here's where things get tricky. As you gain more and more fitness for a task, achieving further gains requires your training to become more and more specific to the task. Here's an example. You begin bench pressing with the goal of eventually hitting a one rep max of 140 kilos. To start, you bench twice a week in a rep range of five to 10. Benching is a novel stimulus, so even though you are mostly getting better at doing five to 10 reps, not necessarily a one rep max, there is a radiating effect that also increases your maximal strength for a one rep max. You keep this routine going for about a year, by, what, by which time you've managed a one rep max of 90 kilos. You notice that you're really struggling to bench more than 90 now, and the weight is hard to control and balance compared to your usual work sets at 70 to 80 kilos, because that's where you do most of your practice in your five to 10 reps. So you change one of your two bench press days to a heavy day where you practice weights that only allow one to three reps, around 80 kilos, let's say. And after a month of this, miraculously, you bench 95 kilos because your training became more specific to the actual thing that you needed to overload. So this pattern of increasing specificity could continue until you are eventually let's say benching three times per week to really practice the bench technique you have a heavy day a medium and a light day but it's all kind of based around moving the bar explosively even if it's a light day but now where things can get kind of confusing is when you realize that you probably won't get your best results for your one rep max in the long term by just lifting heavy all the time this is because eventually you will have reached a very high strength potential for your current levels of muscularity and will now need to add more muscle mass, which will require more volume. So this is where we go into a real deep dive. And uh, I'm going to talk about what I've termed as the paradox of specificity. Um, so we know the training has to become more specific to the task. However, 
does that mean doing the exact task over and over or and this is the important part or does it mean doing things to get better at the task and are those two different things so say that again does specificity mean doing the task over and over again or doing things to get better at the task and are those two different things and that's a really hard question to answer and i don't think i have the answer at all um i think that if you look in the real world for examples uh people have done it both ways people have used for example block training approaches where they have essentially gone through phases of training that are less specific with the goal of that then improving a, a phase of training where they train very specifically which is sometimes called a peak um, and there have been some people who have pretty much just done their sport or as close to it as they can uh, all the time to get really adapted to it a good example of that would be the Bulgarian system of weightlifting, uh, which has been successfully applied in other areas like powerlifting by some people, where essentially their goal was to lift the heaviest weight possible. That was their sport. So they would go to the gym every single day and try to do that. And when they stopped being able to lift uh, any heavier, they would do back down sets where they would again lift as heavy as possible and just get in loads of volume um and that's another school of thought on that um so it's very hard to, to answer this i don't have an answer i haven't seen this really studied um in exercise science which is kind of crazy because i think there should be more research around these principles because like i said they're kind of the only concrete truths that we have um so it would make more sense to do a lot of research around, you know, the, the right way to implement them. Uh, what I would say is that it seems pretty clear that regardless of what way you want to go about it, the overload that you present to your, sp your body has to be directed towards whatever it is you're trying to get better at. So you might go about that by saying, I want to bench press more so i'm going to first tell my body that it needs to gain muscle mass in the areas that uh help bench press a weight like the pecs the triceps etc and then i'm going to try translate that into a bigger one rep max by doing some heavy training telling my body that it needs to to build strength uh like i said that's one school of thought the other school of thought is that's all wasted time that could be spent getting better at the specific task and coordination needed to do with and the exact way the muscles need to fire and you'll just build muscle by doing more of that work um but either way the overload has to be specific or else uh you're not going to reach your goals efficiently okay now moving on to the next part of the discussion which is um overload events and training advancement so an overload event is when you experience a load that is greater than you have ever used before 
to go back to the squat example, going from 30 kilos for four sets of five to 35 kilos for four sets of five would constitute an overload event, assuming you've never squatted that much before. Now, we can go a little bit more detailed on this and specify whether this is a an all-time overload event or uh, an over an overload event relative to your current strength levels so what i mean by that is let's say you trained a year ago and took some time off and obviously you were stronger than you are now um and the most you'd ever squatted was 100 kilos that doesn't mean that you would expect to be able to come into the gym after taking a few months off and do 105 kilos um maybe you have to start back at you know 50 or 60 but regardless in terms of the effect that it has on your body um overload is whatever is harder than what you've done recently um so Anytime that I talk about overload for the remainder of the podcast, it's basically going to be uh, in that context of um, a training stressor that is greater than what you have recently done. Not your all-time best, because your body doesn't know an all-time best. It just knows this is harder than what I've been exposed to recently. And again, it needs to make that adaptation. Um... So when you're new, your body has lots of room to adapt. So overload events can occur every single training session. Um, and most beginner training programs will have you progressing the load. Um, certainly in strength training, at least every session or, you know, no more than or no, no fewer than, than once per week. Um, however, after you've made significant gains, continuing to make progress at that rate it's just not feasible you have to remember that your body wants to keep you alive and realistically it makes sense that uh, being a lean 130 kilos bodybuilder you wouldn't survive very long in the paleolithic period that our bodies are from so this means that making more gains becomes exponentially harder requiring more training time and longer recovery between sessions these factors combine to make the time gap between overload events much longer. A high-level athlete may only hit a true personal record a few times per year, or they may go years without any progress. Um, and I can speak to that personally. I wouldn't consider myself to be a high-level athlete, but I know the uh, last two years have definitely been my worst in training, and I think I've gone pretty much a year now without hitting any kind of uh, a personal record except maybe i think i broke my uh my pull-up record for most body weight reps in a row i think it was 14 or 15 um but no prs in my big lifts uh since like late 2019 i think um and that's a function of lots of stuff but at the base level, um, it is going to be made much harder because of how much training time that I have under my belt. Um, so, of course, most of us fall somewhere between 
rank novice and the elite athlete meaning that we shouldn't try to overload every session but we also shouldn't need a year to add five kilos to our squat ideally so next up then going to discuss when to overload um and this is where things get pretty tricky as we're now departing from concrete principles and it becomes harder to make logical decisions and really it's it's going to come down to the personal beliefs of a coach uh the tenets of a training system coaching philosophies um and the way that an individual responds to training every training program out there has its own methods for determining when to increase training load some use rpe which is rate of perceived exertion others use things like plus sets which is where you try to do as many reps as you can at a certain weight um, and you either try to break a rep record or if you hit a certain number of reps then you're allowed to advance uh, the weight of course these are all just proxies for your body's current performance ability and as time goes on you'll learn what it feels like when your body is ready for more but as a beginner it's advised to follow a structured program that will do this for you so uh, if you go back through the uh, philosophy of strength episode list you will find one where i talk about the best beginner programs um and just choose one of those if you're not sure um it's not going to be perfect uh all of those programs are just generalized but they've worked for thousands maybe even millions of people um and if you just put in the time after a while you'll figure out what works best for you and you can kind of make your own program so that's when to overload next we have to consider how much to overload by at minimum we know that the stress needs to be more than we encountered before uh, but not so little that the improvement won't be significant so adding 0.1 kilos to your lift is unlikely to make your body feel like survival is at stake and it would take so long to get to a significant weight that you'd probably have to deload just from the the cumulative stress of of training um and then you'd have to start over again with barely any progress to show for it at maximum uh the overload also should not be so taxing that it causes injury or stops us from being able to recover in time for the next training session this means that you shouldn't be bursting blood vessels in your eyes every time you overload the question is where is that sweet spot between those two points of the 0.1 kilo jump and the straining so hard that you put your back out the answer will require you to honestly estimate your training advancement and what realistic goals are for you for example, if it's taken you three years to squat 100 kilos with you actually, you know, honestly training hard and putting work into your your sleep and nutrition, etc., then you probably shouldn't be expecting a rate of progress that would have you at a 220 kilo squat in a year, which would be trying to add 10 kilos a month to your squat because that's just probably not going to be on the cards. 
Speaking very generally, when you start up in training, you should be able to add about, and I want to stress about because everybody's different, 5 to 10 kilos per week to the squats and the deadlifts, and anywhere from 2.5 to 7.5 kilos for the upper body lifts, like the overhead press and the bench press. 7.5 kilos being like quite a push that probably won't last for very long. But that's a that's a general guide. What I would say as the overarching philosophy for how much um, to add when you're talking about overload is whatever is within your body's ability. Um, and like I say, it takes time under the bar to figure that out. But you have to make the realistic call about you know, is adding an extra five kilos to this lift instead of two and a half kilos worth it? Am I going to be fucked up and tired for my next training session and going to be ruining that decision? Um, how does that fit into the context of my overall goal? And is that goal realistic? Um, you know, have I, have I shot for the stars here? and expected an unrealistic rate of progress the most important thing is that you're making progress and really you know if you're able to add two and a half kilos to any of your lifts and you're not an absolute beginner um you know as long as you're doing that every few months you're doing pretty damn good all right so i think i'm going to leave it there even for a deep dive we've gone pretty deep here and um We've covered a lot of topics. Um, I'm sure at some point further down the line, I will come back and revisit this, uh, maybe with some amendments to things that I've said here or some further revelations or uh, thoughts that I've had on this topic. So look out for that. If you have any questions at all on things that I've covered here, um, I may well not have explained things as well as I may have liked to. Uh, always feel free to send me a message. Um, the overarching thing you need to remember about progressive overload is to just try to live by some some basic common sense principles when it comes to progressive overload. That's things like doing little incremental jumps um, that are in line with what your body can actually tolerate and making sure that there is some kind of a plan that's specific to your goals so that that overload isn't wasted on things that aren't going to help you reach your goals. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, guys. Uh, if you liked it, feel free to share it with your friends, um, especially if they are confused about what to do. And I'd always recommend people who are starting off in the gym to just try to pick a well-established and well-respected training program and go with that and uh, you can just kind of keep this stuff in the back of your head and let the program take care of the big decisions all right until next time